This program has been made possible through the support of Cruise, driving cities forward through their autonomous vehicle development. Learn more about how Cruise is transforming the future of transportation through improving our cities by building safe, shared, and all-electronic self-driving cars. Visit them online at getcruise.com. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Sheila Styron. I'm Transportation Committee Chair, and along with this committee, um, the Environmental Access Committee, is hosting our five um, offerings this year for our transportation EAC track. And this one is Out and About with Canines and Canes. Um, before we get started, I think the first thing I'm going to do is announce our opening CEU credit. I heard somebody say CEC credit a while ago, so I'm not sure. But the number, the five-digit number is 30208. And I will give another one at the end of this presentation. I also would like to take this opportunity, and we'll probably do it again later in this presentation, to thank our sponsor, Cruise. Thank you very much for generously sponsoring this, our mid-panel of the five that the two committees are offering. Um, I will talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing today, and then we will have a fairly casual discussion that we hope will inspire you to, as our new campaign says, to get up and get moving and to get out there and use some of the other options that um, we have besides getting picked up and riding from door to door and gaining more weight and letting our canes rust and our guide dogs gain weight. Um, so um, the title, Out and About with Canines and Canes, is actually uh, something that I do here at my job um, at a center for somebody's uh, not muted. Maybe you could, could mute yourself. I have a, an activity that I run here in Kansas City called Out and About with Canines and Canes. And this is where groups of individuals or individuals who already know how to use their guide dogs or their canes just want to get together and explore the city, practice riding buses, maybe learn the way to their vet's office, or maybe just get away from the office and go have lunch somewhere. So that has been a really fun, um, helpful event. And um, I don't memorize all the routes in advance because I want people to experience what it's like to get out and travel. You, you don't always have all the answers. You don't always know exactly where things are. And traveling does not have to be just a, a scary, terrible thing. It, it, it can be just such a fun feeling of um, satisfaction and accomplishment to get out there and, and figure out how to do something and successfully accomplish it. It's also a really great way to um, work on advocacy. You can't really advocate for um, accessible, street uh, accessible street crossings and better sidewalks and better paths places unless you get out there and, and tromp around and figure out how to do some of these things yourself. 
So we have a great panel here today to discuss some of their adventures and maybe some funny stories, maybe some scary, maybe hopefully some very inspiring stories. And I really hope by the end of this some hour and 15 minutes that some of you maybe who haven't been getting out, maybe you'll be inspired. Maybe you can even try getting together with a group of people. When I first moved to Kansas City, I tracked down all the guide dog users I could find. And we all got together and hiked places and went to restaurants and did all kinds of things. And, and I'm just really a believer in get out, getting out and walking. It's so great to be up and moving. So let me introduce our panel. I'll just read all of their names. And then um, we'll just give everybody a chance to introduce themselves um, one at a time, maybe tell a, a story, talk about why this panel is important. I've sort of talked about why it's important to me in the big picture. And um, just to finish, I'm, I've been blind my whole life. And I trained with my first guide dog the summer between high school and college, which was a very long time ago. Um, I'm still very active. Um, I have just run my first two four-mile races with Achilles this spring, and so it's never too late. Um, I'm just, I'm getting, I have been on the planet so long that I'm just going to tell people. Um, I'm going to be 68 in August, and um, I will have been working with guide dogs for 50 years this fall. So I just say it is never too late. And um not everybody on our panel is old. Not everybody is young. We have some cane travelers. We've got some dog users. We've got at least one person who switched off between um, between the modes of travel. And just going alphabetically, we're going to start with Artis Basin from Burbank, California. So Artis, take it away. Yes, I'm Artis Basin. And I've been blind since I was 20. And when I was going through rehabilitation services, they told me that I could get a guide dog if I wanted to. But even with a guide dog, I'd still have to know where to go and what to do, because obviously a guide dog doesn't know where you're going unless you do. Well, I just decided it was easier just to use a cane. I could put it in a corner when I'm home. I don't have to take it out, and I don't have to carry all that pesky stuff with me when I travel. So I've always traveled with a cane, and I travel a lot. Um, now, the last year and a half, I have not traveled as much, obviously, but I usually you know, fly to different places a couple times a month. And so I've traveled to lots of airports with my cane, and I've also uh, traveled lots of different streets, hotels, etc., and I think the thing that I've always found out is I just le have learned to listen and really pay attention as I'm walking places to make sure that wherever I am, whether I'm on the street or in an airport, that I'm careful. And if I feel people near me, I hold my cane up closer to me so I don't trip people. But I, I really like being out and about and feeling independent. And I'll stop there for now. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have to say, I, I have 
um, I used to live in California with artists and I have walked around with her and she is a very delicate, artful cane traveler. I, I have to say artist is graceful with her cane and the way she moves about. Um, I, I, I just, I really admire, I'm afraid I'm somebody who likes to go really fast. And when I, those times, artists expressed rather strongly a preference for a cane. I rather strongly like my preference for a dog because we can just go and I don't have to be as, um, you know, sometimes when I walk around my office at work with my cane, um, I, I don't think I am quite as careful as I have noticed that artists is because every now and then my cane will hit a wall and make a little noise and I don't like it. Or if I take my cane into the restroom, I don't like the noise it makes on the floor. So I'm an arc cane traveler when I walk with it. So I pick it up about an inch off the ground and, and I do air caning because I know there's no holes on the floor in there. So I still swish it, but I keep it above, about an inch above the ground because I, I just don't like the noise it makes when I, when I walk with it. So now <laughs> we're going to move on to another cane uh, traveler. We have Ray Campbell from... Oh, I forgot your town in Illinois, but you go ahead. And uh, Glen Ellen. Tell people. Glen Ellen. Glen Ellen. Glen Ellen. Although right Take now it away, I'm, right? I'm, I'm in. Okay, right now I'm in Springfield, Illinois, actually. Um, which I lived is there where when I was little. <laughs> yeah, which is where I'll be moving to uh, in a few short months, it looks like. Well, anyway, artful and graceful is not how you would describe me as a cane traveler. Far from it. And Sheila, I do go very fast with my cane. Uh, I'm Ray Campbell. So you go uh, like I would. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Uh, so I, 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 I have always preferred a cane. I've been using a cane for about 44 years. I've been blind since birth and I got... Oh, started getting mobility training when I was um, around 12 years old. And um, right away, I think the, the, the thing, I do have light perception uh, and that does help. Um, I, um, because what, it, what, it, what I was blessed with is really good orientation uh, skills so that I, I know, you know, my directions really well and everything like that. Um, I have done a lot of traveling, uh, you know, similar to artists. I've done uh, a lot of traveling through airports. I'm not really brave enough to go through airports by myself, though, unless unless the meet and assist is taking too darn long, and I just want to get the heck out of there, and I will do that. But um, uh, I um, have done a lot of street crossings, and I've lived in a suburban area for about 35 years. And, um, you know, so that presents its own challenges because sometimes you don't have uh, sidewalks um, uh, where you want to go, uh, where you want to go, want to go. Um, so um, I uh, just, Sheila can tell you, when I first heard about this panel, I jumped on it. This kind of stuff is right up my alley. Uh, I love uh, getting out and walking and going places and uh um, was used to be involved with a group of people that did this, did that, uh, dog and cane users. Um, but I'm really, um, I'm, I'm, you know, really have very good cane skills. In fact, I've been told even by really good dog users that I have really good cane skills. So, um, look, that's, that's a little bit about me and I'm looking forward to sharing a few stories, uh, stories from the road with y'all. So, and thank I you. think something 
something you and I have in common, I think, Ray, is that, you know, we both really like to get out and explore using public transportation. I would rather go somewhere and take a uh, wait for a bus, take a bus, then stand around and wait for 45 minutes, an hour for the paratransit to come up. It drives me nuts. I will not do it. I haven't been on a paratransit vehicle in six or seven years. If I can't pay for a cab or take a bus or, or get a ride with a friend, I'm, I'm just, I won't do it. I was talking um, with a girlfriend um, who lives as much as I will say is North Carolina, And she was waiting for a paratransit ride when we were on the phone and we were on the phone for quite a while. She'd been waiting for quite a while before. And I just said, I couldn't do it. I cannot do it. And at my job, people will um, come to events or, or things that I host and I have to wait with them for paratransit rides. And I remember having to wait till nine o'clock at night, missing my dinner or not getting to eat till I get home mm. at 10 at night. And, and I just, I, I can't do yeah. it. I can't yeah, do I, it. I still use a little bit of paratransit, but uh, I not as much as I did. Now, mm. now Uber and Lyft kind of take that sting of waiting away a little bit. Uh, so if you yes. want to get picked yeah. up or that sort of thing, um, uh, real quick, one thing during the pandemic, I always said, I was really glad our governor designated liquor stores as essential services because I could walk to the liquor store and get a 12 pack of beer. So <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll let some other people talk. Yeah. Well, I uh, will we'll switch gears here because we're going to next hear from a fellow uh, guide dog handler and also somebody who is. I think a little younger, somebody who hasn't been at this as long as some of us. So am I talking about you, Anthony Rona? Well, thank you. Yes, uh, that sounds like me. Um, I'm Anthony Corona from Miami, Florida now, but uh, I'm originally from Staten Island, New York. And uh, some of you who may be listening might have heard bits and pieces of my story along the way. I lost my eyesight suddenly. Um a little over five years ago now. And the reason I wanted to be on this panel is because I, I, Oh, sorry. Um, The reason I wanted to be on this panel is because I I had lived in a building at that point. Um, I was on the third floor of an apartment building and there was a woman on my floor who was also blind. Um, I came to find out she was what we now call a a medium partial Um, because at times she would say, Oh, did you get a haircut? And it would, it would like kind of confuse the heck out of me when obviously when I still had sight, um, but she never left. She never left the building. She would come out, sit on the stoop. We had two little benches. Um, but the only time she ever left was with her age. Somebody came seven days a week for eight hours a day. Uh, and she was in her late fifties. I, I had been told by other people in the building that she lost her eyesight also suddenly when she was in her early twenties. Um, but she was stuck in life stuck in that spot and i remember you know when i woke up and um and realized okay this is not um this is not going to come back this is not something that's you know a miracle is not going to happen my first thought was well i I, i'm too young i I can't be stuck in an apartment the rest of my life i i did work with the cane for about a year and a half um I hated every moment of it. And I think that that's a personal, that's a personal thing. I'm a New Yorker. I'm a fast talker, a fast mover. Um, And the cane really held me back. 
I applied for three different schools. One decided to take a chance on me, even though, you know, the, the prevailing wisdom is you have to have at least two years of independent mobility, uh, you know, cane wise would before being considered for a dog. But the guy who came out and interviewed uh, and did the Juno walk and all uh, really advocated for me and said, you know, you will do well with a dog. And we took a bus, a ferry, a subway, and walked around 23rd Street of Manhattan, which is, you know, besides uh, 42nd Street, it's the second busiest area of Manhattan. And so I just want, you know, I want to be someone who can let folks know, like you said, no matter, you know, it's never too late, no matter what period of life you're in, um, you know, it's not too late to get up and get moving. And I also am a huge um, transport, you know, um, public transportation person. Unfortunately, in Miami, it is not as beautiful as it was in New York, as far as, you know, having a bus stop, a subway, having something within walking distance. Um, you know, here I do depend more on paratransit than I, than I ever did before. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge traveler. I love to get out and explore. So that's me for, for now. <laughs> that's for starters, but we're not going to be done with you. Okay. There's going to be more. There's will be a little bit free flow. Um, I, I need to, I just, I'll just interject a quick story. You know, nowadays it's true when you, an artist, even when artists got a dog, it was, I mean, got a cane, lost her sight. It was the case, which it's kind of interesting because I, um, I got my first dog the summer between high school and college. And somebody came to visit me and they said, um, and they called people Miss and Mr. The Miss Styron, what, what kind of dog would you like? And I said, well, I want a collie. They're really furry. And they said, and this was before computers and everything. <laughs> and I said, well, I want a collie. They said, well, we don't have collies, Ms. Styron. I said, what kind do you have? And they said, well, we have German shepherds, Labradors, and golden retrievers. And I knew what a German shepherd was, but I really didn't even know what a Labrador or a golden retriever was. And I said, which one is the furriest? And they said, well, it's the golden retriever. And I said, well, that's the kind I want. I want a golden retriever. So I did end up getting a golden retriever. But the point of that story is that they said, well, okay, now we want you to go out and walk, um, walk for us, walk, uh, you know, just walk in a straight line. I did not have a cane when I was, I just walked around without being able to see anything or sometimes I'd tag along with a friend in really unfamiliar, but I just walked around with no vision because when I was 12 or 13, the resource teacher came up and um, tried to get me to use a cane and I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I know if they'd started younger, they waited till I was a teenager and you can't do anything weird when you're a teenager. So I wouldn't do it. As a matter of fact, I got so sick of him bugging me that I literally ran away and climbed a tree. <laughs> and so I did not use a cane all the way through high school. I, I, um, they said, okay, you have to walk in a straight, you know, walk for us. Yeah, you walk good enough. So I went to guide dog school and I got a dog and I had not had cane training. After I'd had the dog for about three years, I, I took myself to the Braille Institute had three days of cane training and the woman said, you're fine. And so then yeah. I had a cane from now on for my second. So let's introduce alphabetically um, 
Matt Jaworski, who, you know, we, we have these concentrations in areas of the country. Sorry about that, but also from Florida. So let's hear your story, Matt. Well, howdy, everybody. Uh, my name is Matt Jaworski. Uh, I live in Kissimmee, Florida, but I'm originally from uh, New York, Long Island. Let's go Mets. Uh, yeah, we go. All <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, um, another one myself lost my eyesight about uh, five years ago, uh, condition called Liebers, and they're still trying to figure it out. Uh, I've had cane training. I also use uh, what they call, it's a electronic cane or a talking cane. It's called WeWalk. I use that a lot too. Uh, there are pros and cons to it. Uh, the price is still very, very expensive. Uh, you do need somebody who has some side, a little bit of techie to set it up. But when you get it, once you get it set up, the GPS is spot on. You work it with your phone. They have an app. The cane talks to you. It picks up obstacles on the ground. It gives you a vibration. Uh, it's really good. And, and like I said, the GPS, you, you program your things into the phone through the app. It'll tell you closest to eat, uh, like a store, like your store. If you have to walk to, you know, get beer or your prescriptions it'll tell you how many steps it's it's really very very good uh, i use that a lot too i also use my regular cane i've had the mobility training and all and kind of tore up a few canes because here in Kissimmee we got not potholes they're called craters <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah and one day when big I enough was, for alligators yeah oh yeah trust me i'm surprised <laughs> i didn't fall to find a few of them in there uh there was one day because, again, me too. I love to get out and walk. I love it. I love the fresh air. I hate being indoors. And I guess I must have misjudged or something, didn't notice it was there, and hit the darn crater, stumbled, busted up my cane. Thank goodness it wasn't my electronic cane. And uh, I know the buddy who helped me get my uh, wee walk cane, he started making jokes. He needs just like, because I said to myself, I said, I said to him that day, I said, you know, I said, if I would have tore up my electronic cam, I would have been going down to the city hall. I would have been saying something. And then he gets on. He goes, yeah, I can see you on the news. Blind man terrorizing city hall, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, um, and the transportation in Florida, I'm sure, you know, from Miami, I don't know how it is, but it's it's okay over here. Uh, we have uh, what they call the link system. And it's kind of like, like it's like a shared ride thing. Uh, you pay a certain amount. It take you one way and it bring you back. It's cheaper than the Uber and the cabs, but they're kind of unreliable. They give you a time where they're going to pick you up, and they're usually late 90% of the time. Uh, but it, it's a start to get around, and I've been learning, you know, how to use the buses and all. And But a lot of times, if I have to walk, I just get out and hoof it. And how does that wee walk cane do with overheads? Um, it, it'll do good. It's not as... Not as good as I would hope it to be, but again, it does give you, it gives you like subtle vibration. There's something on the ground. It gives a different type of vibration. There's something overhead. It is, like I said, it is really nice to have. But again, uh, and being, it, you know, being about 6'3", I would really like something to do, deal with overheads because yeah, that's, that's, that's my one, biggest that's, problem. Yes. That's, where, you know, wear a hat and let the brim touch first. Um, so does it give you different sounds for left and right and all the other various directions? Uh, what it does, it'll tell you where to turn. Like if you're walking, like if you have a certain walking route or, like I said, trying to go to a store and if you have to make certain turns, it'll like tell you. And so many feet or steps, uh, turn mm -hmm. right on this street, 
turn left. It's like I said, the GPS really, really is spot on. And, and what does it? Yes. What does it do if you don't have a route? What if you just want to go for a walk and explore something and you don't really have a route? What does it, it do? It won't do anything. But but if you have an obstacle on the ground, it'll vibrate for you, which is nice. And if you have something overhead, it'll give you another little vibration. Well, so that's it, something. Yeah, it, it is. Do you, yeah. do you train it to your stride so that like when it says five steps, you know, five steps from me and five steps from my sister are two very different things. Yeah, it goes on how you walk and how you use it. That's the beauty part of it. So in other words, if you're like I said, a good fast walker, because see, I have a good decent pace and the way I use the cane, it picks up on how I'm using it and it'll give me the steps that I need. So nice. that's the that's the beauty part of it. Well, that's very interesting. Would it would mm -hmm. it would it mess up if um if you handed it say to somebody who walked differently, or would it immediately adjust, or is it a, a training period? Uh, it'll take, but it will adjust. It, like I said, it might not be within the first minute or two, but it will adjust. Okay. Well, let's give Deborah Witt from I think Springfield, Missouri, a chance to to get in on this conversation. So hi, Deborah. welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I've been listening. All of those are very interesting stories, and, and um, um, I was interested about the cane. I actually um, got to play with one of those, the um, vibrating talking canes, uh, about two years ago. Um, but um, I started losing my sight when I was five due to an accident. And it just got continuously worse. Um, and no one even, I never even had anybody even suggest cane travel until I was like in my 30s. And I was going through a divorce and they're like, you know, how are you going to get around? And I'm like, I have no clue. So I was in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. And, and I had, thank God for the services of the um Metrolon Association of the Blind there sent me out my first mobility instructor who also encouraged me afterwards to get my first guide dog, um, which, um, so I've done both I've, um, in periods of time. Um, I really enjoyed the freedom that I felt with a guide dog um, versus a thing. Um, I was back then many years ago I mean this is the early 90s extremely a fast-paced walker and um I just felt the dog for me was easier to keep up with my stride um and also I guess from a um uh, I don't know what you would call it but from a personal standpoint I just thought it looked better if I was standing at a street corner trying to determine which way to go and I'm talking out loud people think I'm talking to the dog um, talking to my yeah. Don't we all do that? Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, and and so I I used um, guide dogs um, for several years, and um, and then I would also always wanted to keep my cane travels up, and so I always I got to where I would always take a cane with me as a backup, which one day it turned out to be very good because my dog suddenly got very sick in a, in a route I was doing. And so I had to put her on leash and just very, very slowly get her walker back home. And it was a good thing I've had the cane. But always um, have a cane. Yes. I, and I was that 
up part in the 90s that was pretty much, I mean, when I got my first dog, it was a poo-poo to, if you have a dog, you don't need a cane. So um, I learned fairly quickly because a friend of mine had told me, you know, always have a cane. <laughs> so, um, but I, I like to travel, um, I guess. Um, and I've lived several places. I, I've moved around quite frequently. I've, I've lived all over Florida. Um, in fact, I'm going to be back there for a few days in Gainesville um, next week. And um, St. Augustine and Pensacola and Tallahassee, I've lived in all those places. Um, I will have to say that the transportation, uh, the paratransit here in Springfield um, is pretty spot on about pickup times. Um, so I, I can say a positive plug about that because I have lived with the paratransit and buses in several cities and, um, and they all run different. Um, but I did, when I went, I went to tip my dog, um, my last dog, I'd had karma, um, back in 2015, 2016, we went to Ireland to work and, um, that was an experience, but I felt, I guess I felt more, um, adventurous knowing that I had my dog with me, um, in unfamiliar surroundings. <laughs> And we even um, during my days off, uh, if I had several days, we'd hop a plane and we would go to Edinburgh or somewhere um, in Europe. And, um, you know, I got lost in Edinburgh. I don't know how many times, but um, I knew that it was laid out in a grid setting. And of course, it was nice that they had the um, bagpiper in the center of the town playing all day long <laughs> you weren't so gonna the get minute lost. <laughs> you got to where you could hear that then you knew where to, <laughs> where to go um and most of the streets were um audible intersections which was nice um so we did a lot of traveling um i know when i would show up to go on tour buses they would be staying around waiting and i'd be staying around waiting and you know, I'd be asking when are we going to leave? And they, they, you know, the one guy one day when I was in Edinburgh said, um, well, when your companion gets here. And I said, well, Carmen's here and I'm here. I mean, <laughs> who are we waiting on? So he was pretty cool. He sort of figured it out real quick. So every day I showed up, he'd tell me the, what different tours they were running and, and, you know, shoved me on a bus and I'd take off and, We'd get out and the bus drivers would sort of give me an idea of where we were going. So, I mean, it was, I, I just felt a lot more confident with my first trip with the dog. Um, I ended up injuring my, myself over there and coming back to the States um, at the end of 2016. And, and it was so bad. I had to, I had to retire my dog. I just could not work a dog. I literally could not walk for almost a year and a blind person in a wheelchair or a walker, is is it's just it's just got to be a comedy um trying to you know move the walker and, and get around with the cane <laughs> they need a walker yeah. that has a cane that's sort of, in front of the walker. so are you are you better now are oh you... yeah yeah um i i got um i had surgery i tore my tendon and really bad and it took uh, the doctors a long time before they finally figured out they had to do surgery and recuperation and I was back using a cane. And then I was thinking, well, you know, I'm not doing any long distance travels and, and um, I don't walk as fast as I did previously. And um, 
So I went back to primarily using a cane. This is Milton behind me, my cane. And um, so when I went back to Europe in uh, 20, uh, right before the shutdown, uh, I, I just had the cane. And it was a different experience uh, with just the cane. But still, um, you know, it's you, you can pick up a lot. If you're a good cane user, you can pick out a lot from your cane and, and it never hurts to stop oh, yeah. and get directions and ask people, um, you know, which way. And of course they might tell you two blocks and it's really four or. <laughs> yeah. But, but the, the uh, thing you figure the it thing out that, um, is good. <laughs> but um, I, I often, I think one of the main differences between a cane and a dog, you know, if I'm in a, in a familiar place, I can deal with a cane. And if I'm at, ski for light and I need to walk a half mile through the hotel to where the bus goes to, to go skiing, you know, it's, it's familiar. There are people I can ask, but I, what I really like about um, the dog for me is if I'm someplace and it's kind of an open area, like a big parking lot, and I don't really know where the door to the building is. Yeah. And I've gotten off a bus or somebody's dropped me off. I can just say Paxton, you know, let's go. And the dog will just automatically take you to things that they can see that they know are things that you would usually do. And yeah, when you're in a store, you can find, um, you can listen and hear where a counter is, but I just, it's pretty fast well, to have, have the dog take you to the counter, go around through the aisles and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, she, I have a question for the for the, those of you on this panel that use a guide dog. Uh, this is something that was I, I thought of. So when I'm walking around, with this is kids, Matt, right? Yeah, this is Ray. This is Ray. Oh, oh, Ray. I'm sorry, I didn't recognize. That's okay. Your just again. Yeah, uh, that's okay. Um, so when I'm walking around in, uh, say, downtown Chicago, I'm you know going from work to the train or whatever I'm doing. Um, a lot of times, I mean, I'll just be standing, I'll, I'll go, I'll get to a corner or something, or I'll just be walking along or something. And, you know, people will ask, do you need some help? And, you know, I'm just walking along and it's like, you know, I'm doing, you know, I look like I'm doing fine. As a dog user, does that happen as much uh, or not? I'm just curious. Absolutely about that. not. Um, it, it, I find that, and I've heard other people say it as well, people think the dog is taking care of you probably more than it is. And mm -hmm. you do look more purposeful with the dog. People put their hands on you less often when you have yeah. a dog. They just don't oh, think you need help as yeah. much. That is, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it depends I, I on to. how you're fast you're walking, too, because if yes. I'm walking fast along and look like I know where I'm going, they don't generally stop me and ask me. But if I slow down, like I'm thinking, okay, is this the right building? Yes. Then people yeah, will stop I, and seen, ask yep, me if I need yep. something. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I like yeah. what, um, oh, who said it earlier? Um, oh, gosh. I can't remember who said it earlier, but it's like when maybe it was Deborah at the beginning when she was talking talking to the cane, talking to the dog. I, as time has gone on, I just let my inner child come out and play more and more often. I don't care yeah. what people think of me that I don't, much I don't anymore. Either. If I need I, to wave my arm around to find something, <laughs> hey, I'm blind, I'm going to find this thing. 
When I was young, I was so uptight about what everybody thought. And I was so worried about whether I look cool or now. It's like, oh, come on, Paxton. If you were almost there, what do you think? And I, I, you know, he learns more. I talk more. I use more words. And it's just, you know, oh, I think we must be getting closer. I simply don't care anymore. Yeah, you know, (laughs) you know, uh, have to be that way with family. You you do, yeah, because when I'm with my family, they're a lot more self-conscious about me and my cane. In fact, when I first lost my sight, my mom would always want me to fold the cane. Well, you know, that's when I'm with you. That's just like, yeah, that's just like uh, most artists. I I know I experienced the same thing. That's just like. Um, now I usually with my family uh, around like the house and stuff, I don't, I don't use a cane, but you know, I, I, and sometimes I don't, when we go out, well, when, when Karen and I married, um, I think my mother especially is kind of like, well, you don't need your cane, you know, and Karen likes to carry her cane with her and that's fine. I I want to focus the conversation a little bit back to travel. I want to. And I don't mean, you know, getting on a plane and who gets to fly the furthest in the most times. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about walking around outside. Um, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about, have the next question, the next thing we discussed mm. about crossing streets. There are some very um, um there, there are lots of different ways to approach crossing streets and your level of confidence and um, and whether you will cross a street by yourself. Um, I guess I'll start by saying I haven't had a lot of mobility training. It just hasn't been a part of my life. But I'm still here after all these years, and I've gone an awful lot of places and have made it so far. And I have to say, I'm going to admit this, and there's probably people who would be mobility instructors who would cringe and other people, but I very often go places where I really don't know the lay of the land, but I listen and I pay attention and I trust my guide dog and my guide dog has eyes and we both have a lot of experience and I listen and try to figure out things and I'm not above asking strangers for help. And I'm just wondering, um, do others of you like to get out and explore and how does that feel to you? Will you, will you go places you've never been without somebody having showed you the way before? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, go ahead, Ray, talk about it. A sure. Bit. Um, sure. Well, in, in fact, um, uh, there's kind of a, yeah, absolutely. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, one of my favorite times that I did this was, um, when I was in between my junior and senior year of high school, I went up to uh, a technical school in uh, Wausau, Wisconsin to take a four week, uh, data processing evaluation. Uh, and so I just stay up there. So, um, I just, I don't know the, on the weekend, uh, on the weekends, no, nothing much to do. Um, the first weekend I was there, uh, was, uh, so the first Saturday I was there, I remember I just got out and started walking around and started walking around and I found a couple, a nice place to eat some lunch. I found, um, uh, 
couple nice uh, stores, just, you know, walked around and went to different buildings and said, hey, what, what, what is this place? And, you know, what kind of Isn't place is this? Isn't it a good feeling? It really is. <laughs> it but really the, is the, a good feeling. But, but the yeah. funny part, Sheila, was that the next day after this happened, my aunt and uncle came into town. And to visit me because they lived about oh, maybe 50, 60 miles away and they came in to visit me. I was showing them all over town and they're like, wait a minute, you've been there here you a go. week. You like you, you like you live here. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That I remember and, 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 when and uh, other people around me couldn't believe I did that. And yeah, yeah. I took off like that. Well, it's inspiring. And yes. And so, I mean, I'm happy you did it. And I hope somebody out there, you know, just one person today says, you know what, I'm going to go do some adventuring, some exploring. <laughs> I remember being in Norway. I was um, on this uh, cross-country skiing team and uh, I went out for a walk from the hotel and it was so funny. I did turn on GPS and I realized that I didn't really know this was so stupid, but I just lucked out because my dog has this skill. It's another thing that I really like about dogs. Sometimes you can go out with a dog and wander around. And um, and I practiced it with a lot of my dogs. And if you do it a lot, the better you, the more you do these things with the dogs, the smarter they get and the faster they get yep. smart. But I got out <laughs> and I was wandering around and I pretty much thought I knew where I was, but I wasn't quite sure about the name of the I didn't really know my address of my hotel. And here I am in Norway. So I did find my dog got me back and it, it was really, you know, kind of um, fun. And, and she, she did her business on the grass out in front of the Norwegian palace. And it was, it was quite. Territory. There you go. You know, but you know, uh, this, it, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say about about seven months into being with Bodie, that's my god dog. Um, I had gone to see the puppy raiser at that who raised him, and then we stayed for a couple of days, and then I took a bus um, down to Charlotte, North Carolina, which um, you know is a city that I, I enjoy. But I haven't been there in a couple of years, and and um, we were on a bus, and you know it wasn't uh, it didn't it didn't announced stops and things like that, which I had gotten used to in New York. And on the <laughs> rare occasion when a New York bus doesn't actually announce it, you know, through the PA system, <laughs> the bus driver will call out, you know, you know, and I usually, I made it a habit of saying, okay, I'm getting off here when I got on the bus, but usually Bodie would get up knowing he knows it, when we're approaching the stop, he would get up and shake himself. And I knew, okay, here we are. But uh, this bus driver, either he got confused or he thought, you know, Hey, let me have some fun with the blind guy. Um, <laughs> And I got dropped off three stops after where I was supposed to be. Oh. And, and it's, you know, I was, you know, I walked to the corner and, and I'm like, no, this is, this is not it. Okay. This is not it. <laughs> Let me walk another block. Okay. On the third block, Bodhi picked up on something. I'll never know what it was, but the change, I felt it, the, the jerk in the harness. Yeah. Like, okay. I know okay. who you are. <laughs> You, and he, you know, and I always, I always have to stop and remind myself if I'm getting flustered, he's going to be flustered. He's going to pick up on that. He's going to, you know, and he's not going to know what, what I need from him. So I just said, okay, whatever it is he's reacting to, I'm going to go with it. And sure enough, he got me back to the hotel. It, it was like another block and a half. Um, he got me right back to the hotel. I, I'm, I'm messing my blocks. It might've been about five or six blocks 
um, all together. But we were walking for about seven minutes before he jerked. And then boom, you, you know, five minutes later where we were entering the hotel. Yeah. It is I a dog benefit. I've gone to uh, different places and I tend to be a little less uh, um, willing to just walk out and totally explore. I usually ask like at the hotel desk, what's nearby? And uh, if I'm looking for a restaurant, I'll say what's nearby, how far is it, et cetera. So I have a little bit of an idea how far it is. Although usually people giving you directions are terrible about telling you correctly right or left or you know whatever and so you kind of you're always kind of at your own uh risk you know walking you know wherever but i kind of like to know a little bit where i'm going the only time i don't is like you said if you're just going out for a walk and you really don't care where you just keep track of how many you know blocks you've walked so you can find your way back or whatever but if i'm in a different city i i like to kind of ask first and get at least a kind of a sense of what's around. <laughs> I so like you know, to explore, and- but I tend to take like something maybe, you know, 15, 20 blocks away, a restaurant or a store or something and make my way there. But at least if I do get fully lost, I've got an address to, to either put in the phone right, or to yeah. ask somebody with. And now yeah. we have GPS. Things are so oh, different than oh, they used to be. Man. Because <laughs> yeah, back GPS in guide dog bad. school, before they were so lawsuit, uh, well, they were so worried, you know, they weren't worried about um, being sued or whatever. They used to, part of guide dog training was near the end of the, the, and it used to be a four week training. Now it's two weeks, at least where I go. They used to drop you off somewhere and not even tell you where you were and you have to find your way back to the lounge. So it's not, you know, and it's not just the dog. It's, it's a lot, you know, you do have to figure out where you are and you certainly had to ask questions because we had no GPS back then. Oh, right. We had to do that with cane travel, you know, after Did you yep. doing yeah. your cane yep. travel yep. for a few months. And, uh, well, then uh, uh, your, uh, last, uh, your last experience yep. was they yep. just dropped you off. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> man. That was frustrating. A lot of self-confidence when you've completed and, and gotten back. I mean, it, it's, it's a real boost. Um, I remember when I had gotten my, I had my first dog had passed away and it was like two years before I could think about getting another dog. And when I had gotten that second dog and we had made that first route and I mean, I had put the cane aside and I was walking with it. I literally, um, I mean, I had tears. I mean, I, I, I totally yeah. struck. I said, I just, I, I've forgotten how much I enjoyed this, just the freedom of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the confidence with getting out on my own and just doing whatever. And when that's I lost the my point. I think we, yeah. I think that's the point we really want to stress here, is that how good it feels to accomplish independent travel. And yeah. if you don't practice, and if you do feel fearful, it's just yeah. take baby steps. Just go around the block by yourself and see how it feels. I, I just can't stress yeah. enough how great it feels to to do this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, maybe do it with another friend who's blind if you have one. But it, I, I just think that there is such a huge, we've got six people here on the phone, five, however many of us here on this Zoom, who all do this. And we know how great it feels. And mm-hmm. And, but until you do it, 
or if you've forgotten how to do it. And plus, there's get up and get moving. And it's just so <laughs> yeah. many good well, things happen. Or when even have yeah, yeah. uh, Go ahead, artist. Uh, okay, when I... When I was 20, when I lost my sight, at first I thought, oh, gosh, I'm always going to have to wait around for somebody to take me here, take me there. And when, I, when they first gave me my cane and they said, well, now you can go places by yourself, it just made me feel so invigorating that I could actually go by myself and catch a bus or catch a cab and do what I wanted to do. I didn't have to wait on people because that was yeah. the thing that bugged me the most when I lost my sight. I had but, transportation. <laughs> but, but make sure whatever mobility aids you normally use, you have it with you. Um, my, yeah. One of my funny stories, I, I was in uh, junior and high school and we had a conference track meet at Northern Illinois University. And so we were done with our events for the day. So I just, uh, I kind of, I thought, I thought I remembered how we came in the building. So I kind of just got up, no cane, no nothing. And I just started walking down the hall or out this door and, Okay, wait, wait a minute. This doesn't feel right. Turn around and go back in. I was locked out. <laughs> and so, so after that, the coach said, he said, Ray, he says, I love it when you take off and explore, but make sure you've got your cane. <laughs> yeah. And he wasn't even a trained professional. That was good advice. You know, what's one good yeah, thing for folks? I think everybody should tell a funny story. So I, um, I'm trying to decide which one. Matt Jaworski, what happened? Matt Jaworski deserted us. Well, hopefully he will come back. So I, uh, I used to work at this piano bar a long time ago, this crazy place called the Fox Inn. And I had one guide dog who worked with me. And then I, um, she retired and um, I had another guide dog. And then the guy who um, owned the piano bar we saw retired and he was having a party one night, um, a goodbye party sort of. And so since both of my guide dogs had worked at this place, it was a you know piano place, I took the bus with both my dogs. And by the way, I've never had trouble on public transportation with two dogs because I often take my husband's dog because I do more uh, and the dog gets more exercise. So I show up this night at this place with the two guide dogs and Bill stops playing the piano and he looks over and he goes, ah, there's Sheila with her bifocals. <laughs> More funny stories. Come on. All right. I'll go next. Um, All right. You know, a lot of my stories revolve around the Staten Island Ferry. It's a very interesting place to be. Um, and, you know, and I was very used to, to getting on and off the ferry and things. And, and so Bodie and I had settled in. I had one ear pot in and, um, you know, I'm sitting there and, and a woman sits across from me and, and she obviously wanted to talk. So she starts asking me questions to all the usual, you know, how does he know when the right, when the light is green, et cetera. And so the first couple of questions I answered nicely, politely with, you know, with full factual truth, but, um, you know, it, it was getting a little annoying at that point. And so I decided I'm going to have a little fun. And, um, so I, I kind of leaned forward and I, and I did the whole gesture, like come forward that we were sitting across from each other. And I said, can you promise to keep a secret? And she said, yeah. And I said, Bodie's a NASA dog. Oh my <laughs> God, you're kidding me. I said, no, he's got a microchip in his brain. So he's giving information and getting information from a satellite. 
And so, and I wanted to play with her. So he said, watch when we get, when, when we dock, watch what he does. And we had, you know, so when you get off the Staten Island ferry, you got to go down escalators, out the doors, look for the train, go down, go for the subway, go downstairs. Um, and I said, what train, you know, are you getting on the train? And she said, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the one. I said, oh, well, I'm taking the R. It's right in the same, in the same, same location. So follow us. And Bodie also, you know, will go by gestures. Um, and so we got off the ferry, got down this escalator, out the door, onto the train. So two weeks later, I get a call from one of my friends and she says, what did you do? <laughs> and <laughs> so being me, I said, well, it could be lots of things. What are you talking about? Uh, she said, I'm going to say one word, NASA. <laughs> the woman had the woman had posted on Facebook. Could she could someone alert her where she could donate to the NASA guide dog program because she had witnessed <laughs> the most amazing. And thing. this is how rumors get started. <laughs> Oh, does anybody else have a funny story? Otherwise, uh, maybe yeah. we can open it oh, up. Oh, I got, yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I got right, a ton go of for them. It. All right. We have so, enough here on stage. We probably don't need audience for just talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. So anyway, my, my funny story, it, it actually was a little, it actually was a little uh, embarrassing at first, but you know, it's something I kind of look, well, actually I'll tell the other one. So I'm, I'm walking along one night. This is when I went away to, uh, to uh, get you know, get my data processing associate's degree up uh, back at the same school up in Wausau. So went over, was going to go to a, a friend's place. And so I went and down, bought some beer and was uh, waiting to cross the street to, uh, to um, catch the bus. And so I'm waiting at the street corner and I, and I heard, a car come around the corner before he was supposed to, the light was not green, crashed into the other car. So it, there was a, you know, so I just kind of, you know, didn't know what to do, got across, ended up missing my bus. I don't know how I did that. So the, the policeman comes up to me and he says, sir, do you need some help? And I says, yeah, I says, I kind of need to get a cab. He says, well, I've got a phone. I'll call you a cab. No problem. So he did that. He said, by the way, did you witness this accident here? <laughs> and I said, yes, I did. And he said, what, what, what can you tell me? I says, well, I was standing at the, the traffic was going across on this street. And the guy you know, tr came out too soon from the other street, went through the red light, went against the light, turned and hit the other car. And he says, well, you sure that's what happened? I said, yes, I was. So he took uh, some notes. Well, a few weeks later, I get phone calls from insurance adjusters. You can tell you could tell which was which. The first one was like, well, I mean, you, you're, are you sure that's what happened? Because uh, he was with the guy that got hit and said, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely sure. The other one was actually a little condescending. He said, well, um, you know, he said, um, well, are you sure maybe your blindness could have affected your ability to know what really happened and yada, yada, yada. I said, no, I I stayed strong as I always have and, you know, stuff like that. So I think this company was about to be paying a pretty good bill, but then I went and back and told, I went back and told um, my family about this and my mom started laughing. She said, I bet that cop was sitting there going, boy, this is good. I'm getting instructions from a blind guy, <laughs> report from a blind guy. Well, yeah. you know, we all want to be taken seriously as witnesses. Yes, we so do. There was a, I'll never forget the time 
my dog, uh, I loaned my dog late at night at a party just on a leash to somebody who went to a liquor store and he walked in and he bought something and he walked up to the counter and the guy says, you can't have that dog in here. You know, he goes, it's, it's a guide dog. And he goes, Oh, I drove. He just was with my dog. Yeah. People will kind of buy anything, you know, or they, um, I can tell a experience. It's, it's not really, um, humorous, but, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it is and it isn't, um, afterwards, of course, it, you know, it seems funny, but, uh, it was when I was living in Dubuque, Iowa, <laughs> and I was taking a box of money to the bank coins and, and dollar uh-huh. bills because I had a vending operation at that time. And, um, I, Across the street, and then I had to go up by an alley, and a woman turned into the alley, and right in front of me, and she ran into my cane, and uh, she didn't even stop. She kind of looked, but she just kept going. Well, my cane broke. Yeah, and and yeah. Um, okay. I, um, in fact, it s- surprised me so much. I dropped the box, and there was coins, and uh, <laughs> you know, it was just a. And unfortunately, there was a gentleman there who helped me, you know, pick up the stuff. I mean, the dollars were rolled up. They weren't, you know, like flying out. But the, uh, he helped me pick it up. And he said, I can't believe that that woman didn't stop to see if you're okay. Well, my cane was broken and I had to walk another block and a half to the bank. And so I just had to walk with a, you know, the cane was... You know, I could only yeah. use it just to kind of tap to make sure I didn't hit anything. Basically. Yeah, the and, misadventures and artists, of being blind. Yes, and artists, you know, they say duct tape fixes everything. It doesn't fix white no. canes. I can tell well, you the other that. thing, and I didn't happen to have any well, duct tape with me either. <laughs> I want to give the audience just a couple of minutes to chime in here. We probably should have done it a little earlier, but... Um, who did we end up with? Hi, um, my name as is Brad. Our... I'm your host. Hi, Brad. <laughs> uh, Cindy, I, I took it over from Cindy a little while ago. Hi, Brad. I know I remember Cindy leaving, but I didn't see who came in. <laughs> so well, um... I happened to be in the audience and I sent her a text message. So oh, <laughs> she you, made Brad. me the host. We appreciate that. And um, I, I got know, three it... hands raised right now. You Let's go, go ahead for it. That? Let's go. Okay. Here we a couple go. minutes before the end. And. We got Kathy Lyons. It was when I had my very first guide dog and our parish had an annual picnic and the the um, parking lot was in the front and then the place where they had all the meals was in the back. And so I figured it was safe for him to be off harness and leash and play with the toy I brought for him. So um, I went and had my lunch at which consisted of lunch was hot dogs, hamburgers, and drinks and stuff. And then I decided to go get ice cream, which they always had at this picnic. But when I got there and asked for ice cream, they told me they didn't have it. And I thought, well, gee, that's bizarre. Well, they were keeping the ice cream for later so the kids would eat lunch first. Well, that made sense. So I decided I better locate my dog. And he came out of the kitchen with his tail up, holding an ice cream sandwich bar in his mouth. (laughs) The two guys in the kitchen accused each other of stealing it. But he clearly brought it for me. 
<laughs> he just had, you know, the they have that feathery stuff in their mouth, and he was simply holding on to it. He wasn't eating it. That's pretty impressive. Yes. So how did he so, know that ice cream was what they had? <laughs> well, thank you for that story. Who else do we have? We got and Donna. Travel stories, guys. Well, I don't have a travel story. I have many travel stories, too many to go into. But my question for the panel is about, okay. is about GPS. So if you are in a city that you don't know anything about, or even if you're in your city and you are going to a place that you don't know anything about, is there, is it the consensus of the panel? Is there a GPS that you would recommend? Okay. Um, actually, I would just, I've had good luck using um, just, you know, through Siri on the iPhone, um, just giving, giving directions, getting directions that way and just asking it to direct me to such and such an address. And then it'll, you know, say if you want a pedestrian route or whatever, that's, um, that's actually worked about as well as anything. Um, uh, that happened, uh, in fact, fairly recently, I had to do that. Uh, down here I agree. And it's less complicated than some of the others. It sure is. I like nearby Explorer and I like Soundscape, but really it oh, is so absolutely. quick and easy to just like a regular sighted person to say, I want directions to blah, blah, blah. And it, it just provides them. Yeah. And you don't have to take else? an extra system yes. with you either. You know, you've got it with you. Yeah. But well, thank you. I'm, I'm looking for simple. So I've used the rest of them. I've used Soundscape. I've used Blind Square. I've used some other things. And, you know, it, it just, they're, they're just too complicated. I get tired of using it. <laughs> well, here's something you may want to yeah. try. There's an app called Be My Eyes. It's a free app. And what yeah. it is, it's people volunteering. You take your phone, your camera, you go to the app. Somebody signs it. It can be anybody. And they will give you step-by-step -step directions. They you <coughs> hold your camera up and they tell you, go straight. Uh, you have a curb over here. Things like that. That's I haven't used that myself, but there's people who uh, I have known and use that app. And they said it really has helped them. Yeah, I'll hop in and yeah. say that there is that one is free and there is Ira that is paid. And yes, they do that. But yeah, um, I don't go to those unless I have a problem or let's see, I, I, I would use, as Ray said, the, the main just, you know, asking directions and Google Maps, whatever. And then when I am on the block, but I don't know which building it is, maybe then I would call Be My Eyes or Ira and say, hey, I'm looking for that pizza joint that's about a halfway down the block. And then I would get help at that point when eyes really come in handy and Paxton isn't quite that smart, unless it's pizza, he may just take me there because of the smell. Well, and it's helpful also if you're in an airport. I know yeah. I, um, my yes. assist wasn't there and I just had to go. And so I used Ira yeah. and that worked great. Right. But Do we have I another question? I, would I just want to put in, I've, I've called Ira in advance, um, especially when I'm in a, a different city, and I've asked them to map out routes for me and email me the directions, um, you know, and I've asked them to keep it in my dashboard in case I get lost. I've actually never had to call Ira getting lost, and now I probably will since I said that out loud, um, yeah, but I'll have them turn. email me directions, yeah. and then, you know, it, it's easy from that point forward. Is it better than using an app? 
Yeah, I find it's better than using an app because, you know, you're getting all that other information thrown. Like, I like Soundscape. I really do. But not if I'm in a... I don't like to j just amble about when I'm doing a task. You know what I mean? I want to get there and get it done. Um, so for that, I like the step-by-step -step directions that I can just swipe to the next direction, swipe to the next direction on the phone yeah, and not hear all that ancillary. The Maps also does that. If you use Google Maps, you can switch to a part of the app where you can read the same step-by-step -step directions. So that's why I was asking if Ira gives you uh, more that's helpful, but I would think it would be a visual thing that I personally couldn't see. But let's see if we have another question. We have Mary Carla Hayes. Go ahead, Mary. Hey, Mary oh, Carla hey. Hayes. I've been listening. I have a couple of real quick, funny cane stories. I've been a cane traveler my whole life. And I remember one time I was going to a record store that somebody told me about. And they said, there's this grate in front of it. Um, so I thought, oh, good. That'll be good. And I was looking for a Moody Blues album. I loved Moody Blues. So I'm walking with my cane and I stepped on the grate. I said, this has got to be it. And I opened the door and all of a sudden I went in and I realized there was something wrong. I could hear these clanking glasses and there was beer. And before the time I could get out of there, somebody said, may, may I help you, sister? Do you need any help? And I just, I just blurred out, oh, I, I was just going to the record store to get a, a Moody Blues album. And he said, sister, here we don't sell blues. We sell blues. <laughs> and then one, one other real quickie, one of my students, I teach school, one of my little, little kids asked me just out of the blue one day from the mouths of babes, why are blind people prejudiced against black people? And I said, wait a minute, where's this coming from? Why do you think we are prejudiced against black people? I, you know, we're in a lot. To, I mean, and, you know, I mean, I don't I don't understand why you're asking that question. Well, you always carry you always carry white canes. Never seen anybody carry a black cane. <laughs> so I had to explain why the black, white cane showed up better and all that. But, oh, we could have uh, a field day with that. Thank you for uh, those. Welcome, Who's next? Thank you. And I'm enjoying this. Thank you for this. That's great. Next, we I have uh, Chris Carter. Go ahead, Chris. I believe you're unmuted. Hi, folks. I love your humor. I'm enjoying it so much. I am a first-time uh, guide dog user. I've had Wilbur for uh, about 20 months now. And so I don't have any super funny stories. but I Wilbur. Have one. Yeah. <laughs> but I have one great, great story of his his superb skill. My husband dropped me off at a doctor's office. It was a mile and a half away and I decided to walk home and the dog had rode on the, on the floorboard. So he didn't know where we went. But when we walked out, I said, Wilbur, take me home. And he took me perfectly back home. Wow. No missed turns. Wow. So I am so impressed with my dog okay. and I'm so grateful. Well, that's a wonderful I, story, but that's pretty magical. Had Did you even tell him left or right out the door? Because no. I would say you're pretty darn lucky with, you know, no direction at all. <laughs> no, that's no. very rin tin tin. Yeah. yeah, not no, I did not give him any directions, period. That's what was so amazing about it. But he has a great GPS. No matter where I take him, he's he is super at getting me where I need to go. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is a, uh, a good heartening tale. Do we have somebody else? Next, we have Doug Hall. Doug, you should be able to unmute. Thank you. Hey, Sheila. You, hey, have, me, you have me beat. I've only been using a dog for 49 years. So you have me well, beat. Well, hey. 
I'm um, even older than you. Uh, not quite. <laughs> um, actually, I started you. I, I learned mobility when I was 12 cane instructor. I had an instructor by the name of Harold Hickerman. Uh, Hick, Harold Hickerman. Um, I mean, Rick Harold. Her he, um, he told me first day he went out, he said, he said, uh, I suggest either you're going to slow down, you're going to kill yourself or you're going to get a dog. <laughs> so so I, I decided to get a dog. Um, I used a cane for 13 years and thought that I, I was good with a cane. So I didn't need a dog on the cane, except I had seizures, a little story. I was uh, attending the University of New Hampshire campus, which is hills all over the place. And I had a Abbasant seizure and walked down three flights of cement stairs while I was unconscious. Oh, oh my God. So, so but you uh, didn't fall. You walked in no, an unconscious No, I walked state. down and I came, I came yeah. to at the bottom and I decided, you know, I got to do something. <laughs> um, so I decided to get a dog. So I got my first guide dog, not because I was blind, but because I had seizures. Wow. <laughs> because my, when my dog stopped, I stopped. Matter of fact, the instructor had told me that he could tell I was having, when I was having a seizure because I worked better. Wow. Pila, That's I'd like to an amazing tale. little um, story about uh, when I was doing cane travel initially, uh, you know, when you're first learning to walk with a cane or when you first want to get out and about, um, you know, you sometimes get lost and you aren't sure where you are. And I remember the very first time that that happened to me, I was just really upset and crying. And my uh, instructor came over to me and said, Artist, you are never truly lost. That's you know right. the city you're in, you know the city you're in, you know the part of the city you're in. And all you have to do is just listen for someone to come along and then you can ask him directions or walk toward a sound of traffic yep. or walk toward, um, you know, anywhere yep. you hear noise and then just ask somebody. So don't ever get fearful and think you're lost because you really aren't. And nice. that really that's kept that's with me. That's, that's a true. really yeah. good story and really good yep. advice. We have four minutes left. So if somebody has something really short, otherwise... We're going to have to wrap it up pretty quickly. That's just, really good. But just yeah. just that other bit, just to expand on what Artis said a little bit, Sheila, if I could. If you, if you do, you know, get out there and explore. And if you do feel like you're lost, you're not sure where you're at, go to somebody in authority. Um, a few years ago, Karen and I went to the Illinois State Fair and we watched uh, a concert. And we came out of the grandstand. We weren't quite sure where to go, but we heard guys with radios. So we figured, okay, they, that's somebody in authority. And it was one of the state police guys. And they actually got us down to the bus stop. And it was kind of funny because the driver was going to pull in and load. And the cop said, no, no, you're putting these two on first. And he says, where are you two getting off? And I told him, he says, uh, you make sure they get off where they want to get off. And that driver's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, <laughs> but no, I'll, I'll, listen, do something like that. If you're in a place where there's people like with radios or walkie talkies, that usually is somebody in authority. Go to them. And if you're concerned and ask for, ask for help, they'll help you. And we got so much technology available today. I mean, I remember, and I'm sure most of you do pre-technology and, learning to get around and 
Um, so, I mean, there is that. I'm afraid, guys, we're really going to have to, we're going to have to wrap it up. But uh, just to follow up on your last point, uh, you know, we are really never lost unless we're just out in the forest. And if that's ever happened to you, that's something else. But most of us are usually in environments where we're going to get to. I want to thank everybody so much. Thank you. panel. Yeah. All of you for for participating. Thank you, Sheila. Um, Daryl, yeah. our streamer, our um, and oh my gosh, who who came from the audience? Brad, and I want to thank once again our sponsor for this panel, Cruise, and I want to give the ending um, number, uh, CEU, CEC, whatever they are. It is four zero one one three. That's four zero one one three. And thank ACB. I hope everybody has a great convention. And I hope everybody who participated took something positive away from this. Please get up and get moving. Go out, have an adventure. I just think you'll be just so pleased with, as you can tell from listening to everybody who is on this panel, how good it makes you feel to get out and travel independently and kind of be in control of your own life. So thank you all very much. Get out there and enjoy the rest of the convention.